Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church. It walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein campus will be leading each week's podcast. I'm Marty Richardson, one of your co-hosts. So good to have you with us today. This is our 115th episode, and this episode is a continuation of our summer series where we're kind of reflecting on the pastor sermon series, Psalmology, and we're doing it via video and our pod, podcast audio as normal. But this week's is even a little different than the last couple weeks in that um, the pastor has taken three psalms and their their topic mm-hmm. and their idea, which is God's grace— and through repentance and forgiveness. And so it's Psalm 38, 51, and 32. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of looking at an overarching theme. So do you want to get us into that? But first, I mean, I jumped right into work. It's good to see you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. People that know me know that that I'm I'm like this. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, all business. Yes. (laughs) So so I I want to jump back and, 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 and be happy. So hello, it's good to see you. And it's good to see you. You as well. Now let's get to business. Alrighty. Okay. So, what is um, the idea behind what we're talking about today? Yeah. So, um, it's heavy, but at the same time, it's liberating. And these three Psalms speak to me and my situation when I was younger so much. These are these are some of my favorite Psalms. So, quick high level overview. Um, so, in Psalm thirty eight, David is talking about how some sins he had committed are just making him physically sick. He feels awful. He can't sleep. Uh, basically, his world is turned upside down. And here's why. Okay, so uh, David had uh, committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. Then to try to cover that up, he manipulated her husband, brought him home from the war and tried to manipulate some situations here. That didn't work out. So he sent him into the heat of battle and got killed. And then uh, he took Bathsheba as his wife and she was pregnant. And then that baby died. And so David's experiencing all this, this guilt from all these things that had happened. And he refused to go to God to tell him about it. So we see all that happening in Psalm 38. And then in Psalm 51, we see David finally be a broken person. And he repents. He confesses everything to God. Doesn't hold anything back from him. And he repents. And then in Psalm 32, we see the effects. All of a sudden, his, his body has vitality in it again. His strength is back. His joy is back. His life is turned around because he has experienced God's forgiveness. So that's a very high-level overview of how these three different Psalms fit together. Wow. Yeah. It, it's a very big puzzle. It is. And, and I tell you, David's message in these three Psalms really encapsulates me and perhaps also a lot of our listeners too. Because when I was younger, when I sinned, I used to think, I'm not going to tell God about this because if I do, I'm going to get in trouble. And as long as I hide it, as long as I don't confess it to him, he won't know. Right. And I can go on. But what happened is that. I knew what I had done and I lived with that and it was, it was awful. But then I felt trapped because I couldn't go to God because if I did, then he's like the parent just waiting to punish me for doing something wrong. And I didn't want to face that punishment. 
and I was caught and caught and caught, and eventually I would confess and feel this tremendous relief. And I used to think, I'm the only one who feels this. I'm sure others do as well. And I'm in good company because David did it. Who else did Adam and Eve, right? They sin, and God says, Where are you? And they go, I hid myself. I was like, Why did you hide yourself? Like, uh, we did something wrong, right? And so again, we, we, well, we all sin, right? And our natural reaction is to hide that sin. But as we look at these three Psalms, we see this, this amazing picture of God. And he's like, I know you did. I'm like the parent simply waiting for you to come and tell me what you did wrong to truly repent of that. I will give you this gift of forgiveness. So let's talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that some of, of those ideas of how we are disciplined by God mm-hmm. are probably really wrong. Right. So I, I think the, the first thing is that, that God already knows you've said that. Mm-hmm. And many times he leaves us to the natural consequence of our sin. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's actively made a list and like, on the count of three, I'm going to discipline Daryl. Three, two, one, push. Mm-hmm. And you're disciplined. He just leaves you to the natural consequence of your right. sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, David was not free of the consequence of his sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately between that and like him to go to war, he was unable to do his heart's desire, which was build a temple, right? Mm-hmm. And then even that marriage between him and Bathsheba ended up causing all sorts of issues in his heirs. Yeah. So the consequences of his sin weren't gone. Right. But, but, but the idea of forgiveness was, so God does discipline his people. Oh, yes. I mean, he, he does. But most of the time, do you think it's just allowing us to wallow in the natural consequence of our sin? Yeah. And I tell you, it's like I tell my kids all the time, right? You're free to choose your actions. You're not free to choose the consequences of your actions, right? God has set this world up and things happen in this world under his control. And some of the times what happens is that we simply encounter, like you said, just the natural consequence, right? If you do A, then B happens. It's just how it works. So I think a lot of times that's one of the ways God gets our attention, which is I'm just going to turn you over to this. And you get to suffer this. And, and Paul writes about this very clearly in the book of Romans. How God, God wants us not to sin, wants us not to sin. And we insist on doing that. And, and we just, God says, I'll just, I'll just turn you over to it. And then you can suffer the consequence of that. Now, I'm, you know, every episode I like to, to get a little salty. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is something here. And I want people to listen to everything I say. Don't don't turn me off. Don't get irritated. Uh, my my last stint in, in seminary was in biblical counseling, mm-hmm. and the idea of biblical counseling, as opposed to psychology or um, psychiatry, is that so much of our problems psychologically and in our life is not a biomedical issue, mm-hmm. but it's a spiritual issue, mm-hmm. and that our world likes to medicate people out of problems. And God likes to extricate people from those problems. Mm-hmm. And that soul care is different than um, feeling care, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that I saw very often, um, and it's backed up by, by, by studies, um, that, that someone would go in to their general practitioner and they get an antidepressant. 
because they were struggling. And we all know people struggling. We, we struggled, right? Mm-hmm. But they were given some kind of medicine and it, it made them feel better, sort of, but it didn't fix the problem. Right. And so there's an idea between counseling and therapy. Mm-hmm. Th- therapy is to make you feel better. Counseling is to make you be better. Mm-hmm. So the idea, though, that I found was that a lot of people who are deep in depression, that um, the study said that many times being in depression causes the chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. We've always been told that it's the chemical imbalance causing depression. <laughs> but the idea is our mind controls our body. God created us. I mean, it's, 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 it's extraordinary. <laughs> but when we live in the, the, the darkness... And our minds in that darkness, our body begins to yield, like Romans says. Mm-hmm. Our mind is turned over to that. Not to say that people don't have biomedical chemical issues. Right. Not saying that. What I'm saying is most of us in our general, even heavy depression days, what we need to do is, is see what is between us and God, mm-hmm. clear those things out, and use God's word to help right the ship. Yeah, and we see this right here in David's life, right? We see, look at, read Psalm 38, and it, he describes what he was like before he repented. And then read Psalm 32 and read what he's like after. That huge weight was lifted. He feels joy again because before he was depressed, right? He couldn't sleep. Uh, his mind was always on this. And so, yeah, he was in a funk. And uh, no amount of, of therapy, no amount of medication would have helped solve that. So at the root cause for David was this sin issue. And I think that's the big thing is to your point, we need to try to get to the root cause of this. Is it a chemical imbalance that causes it? Or is it, or there's other things going on in our lives. And so um, we see here that unconfessed sin can cause all kinds, can manifest itself in all kinds of ways in our lives. And the key is repentance. And, And I want to talk about Repentance to make sure people understand how I'm using that word. Um, repentance is so much more than sorry, right? I, I, I have an older brother and a younger sister, and we used to fight like crazy when we were younger. Really? Believe it or not. Really? I know. I ain't always been saved. Mm. So I remember then there were so many times my mom would say, Tell your brother you're sorry. I'm like, Sorry. You know, she's that No, tell me you're sorry. I go, what? I said I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. She knew that, right? Repentance is so much more than telling God, sorry. It is a true, deeply felt remorse over what we've done. It's seeing our sin the way God sees it. It is a change, literally a change of mind. I used to see my sin this way, which was enjoyable, which is why I did it. Now I see it as something that is grotesque, that is offensive towards God and I see it the way he sees it. And so when we repent, we express remorse and a change of mind about that. And so this is what we see David doing in Psalm 51, this true, I mean, he hit rock bottom and we see this true repentance coming out. And so this is what God wants from us. And this is what helps us to conform our minds to the mind of Christ, which is seeing the way um, that God sees our world and agreeing with that. So, and that's what can help bring about forgiveness. Now you, you hit on the word, you said it, I don't know, four dozen times, sin. Mm-hmm. Our society has this aversion 
to calling sin, sin, mm-hmm. because we believe that when we're doing that, we're looking down on people. Right. And in our society, and I understand why, like, like I get this. I know some people are going to disagree with me on this. I understand why our society has not always been fair to everyone. Mm-hmm. Our society has not always been um, this bastion of equality. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been that way because of, because of sin. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't relinquish us from the idea that by encouraging those we love to change and to walk away from those things that displease God, we're actually, that's the greatest act of love that we can do. Right. And so in our society, we've changed this idea that we want to be nice, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be good or truthful. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we're doing that, how, how are some ways that one, we can walk in repentance? Like that's a churchy way of saying, like be where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. And two, there's a lot of people watching, listening, and they may be struggling with a spouse, a kid. You and I have talked about this. Um, we both got some kids that, goodness gracious, they test our Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we, how how do we guide them to that? So first, how do we walk? in daily repentance. Mm-hmm. And two, how can we help those around us without being a jerk? Because okay. I kind of want to be a jerk sometimes. On that. Mm-hmm. So okay. th- there we go. Those are my two questions. I'm going to sit back and sip and listen. Okay. So we all need to be real with ourselves and we need to just be honest. And I, and I might offend a lot of church people here. We are all sinners and we sin every day. We do we all fall short of what a god of what god expects from us every single day i'm just going to put it out there every day if i can be plain i'm trying to be we sin and we need our life needs to be characterized by daily repentance because i think unfortunately we think i haven't done, i haven't sinned i haven't sinned i haven't sinned and we go oh look it's been a week it's been a month it's been whatever no no it has not have you truly loved God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength for every minute for the last 24 hours? I'm guessing no. I'm going to guess. And so repentance is crucial. It should be a part of our everyday life. And if you don't think you've done anything wrong, you need to spend some serious time in prayer and ask God, examine my heart. Here, show me. Or if you want to be really bold about it, I dare you to find sin in my life. Oh. It'll come out real quick if you're true about that. And then when we do, we need to repent. So let's just get off our high horse and admit that we are sinful people. And here's what I love about this church. Okay, it's Bring Baptist Church. I've heard Pastor Mark say this about himself. He admits he's a sinner. We all admit that we are sinful people. So if you come to church at Spring Baptist Church and you think, oh, all these people are perfect. <laughs> no. You're in great company with other sinners, right? We just sin differently, that's all. But our life needs to be marked by daily repentance because we are, we are agreeing with God as to what we're doing in our lives is wrong. So we all need it. We all need to be practicing that on a regular basis. And the best way to do that is be real with ourselves. I love that. 
And I heard a, a sermon one time. It was actually a youth evangelism conference that the Baptist of Texas put on, I don't know, 15 years ago. And um, they were talking about assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. And this plays to your, your, your point. He brought forth the idea that one of your assurances of salvation is that God is reminding you of your sin. Mm-hmm. And we call it conviction, right? Yes. He's convicting us of our sin, that the act of God working in our lives to tell us we need to be better is actually one of the signs of salvation. That if God is not actively going, Daryl, I know you did good yesterday. You didn't do that thing you did the day before, but you did this new thing. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, now that we've worked on that thing, let's get you know the big thing. Let's go to the next big thing. That that actually is a sign that you are saved. Mm-hmm. And that if if you feel good enough, I would encourage people to really, really sit down and go, Hey, God, are you the Lord of my life? Right. That was heavy. Didn't mean to go there. That is very heavy, right? And again, though, this God wants us to repent, not not for punishment purposes. It's not his primary goal. His goal is to continue to get rid of those things from our life, to purge those things from our life so that he can continue to do his work in our life, to continue to transform us for the rest of our lives. And so um, the apostle John, he made it very clear in first John, right? That, that if you think you don't sin, you're a liar, right? That's basically how he put it. And so it was very clear. Solomon also said the same thing, right? We're all sinful people. And so we all need to have a habit of repentance. Now, your other question too was, how then do we go and um, tell other people about the same kind of lifestyle too? And I heard my evangelist and professor back in seminary explain it this way. We're not judging them. We're not coming down on them. We're not, that's not our place. And he said, look, I'm just, it's, I'm one beggar who's found food trying to tell another beggar where they can go and get fed, right? We are sinful people, just like people who were lost. We simply found the, the answer, the, the solution, the, the truth that's out there. And we want other people to know that. The loving thing is to tell them the truth, right? So, um, just being very transparent here, you know, a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Do you think I wanted to hear that from my doctor? I didn't think that was very nice. I did not want to hear that from him. But you needed to hear it. I needed to hear it from him, right? He's like, you've got this condition. You don't want to hear this. This is going to be painful. But you need to know you've got this. And if you don't do something about it under my care, you will die. And it's like, oh, okay. Was it? loving of him to say that i was angry at the time i did not want to hear that okay but he didn't really care how i felt about it he's like this is the truth and it is going to kill you and you need to know this but it's okay because we have something that can help okay so if we approach it our conversations with lost people hey you know what i was in the same position you were in i'm not saying i'm any better than you i simply found the way of eternal life. And I want to share it with you. The unloving thing would be for me to let you go on on this path you're on and do nothing, knowing what the ultimate fate is for you. That would be the unloving thing for me to have the cure and withhold it from you because I don't want you to be upset. 
Yes, I, I, I love that. I also think that there's some pragmat, pragmatic things to this as well. Mm-hmm. God, God knows what it takes to have a life that's full of joy. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, at the end of the day, yes, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't enjoy him if we're, this is back to the beginning, if we have this constant barrage of consequences to our sin. Mm-hmm. It distracts us from our goal, from our job, and all that. And, and so I, I think also one of the things we can do maybe is live with joy and peace. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes God will bring people to us. Mm-hmm. And we have to maximize the moments of speaking the truth. Yes. Yeah. Just like Peter says, right? Always ready to give a defense, mm-hmm. but do it with gentleness. Mm-hmm. It is. Because I think we're always ready to, it's going to sound awful. We're always ready with an offense. Yes, we are. And we're told to be offensive. Like, I'm talking like sports style offensive. Like, mm-hmm. we're told to charge forward when sometimes I think we'd be best off being well fortified in God's word and then ready mm-hmm. to defend right. those moments. Okay, man, I think there's something to offend everyone in this episode. Probably so. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, right, Marty, which is if we're really true with ourselves, we have to acknowledge too that this was offensive to us at one point as well. Okay, for someone to tell me years ago, Daryl, you're a sinful person. And you need to know what awaits you if you continue down this this path. Okay? I'm eternally grateful for someone having the guts and the love to share that with me. They didn't say it directly in that way, but that was their point. And they're like, I don't want this for you. And you may not want to hear this, but you, I need to at least tell it to you so you will know what the truth is. And so that was the most loving thing anyone could have ever done for me. And I'm so grateful for that. And so. Again, um, if you are lost and you're happy to be watching this, thank you. You are not alone. And God wants so much more for your life than what you could possibly imagine. But he wants you to turn to him. Well, on that word, I think we can, we can close today's um, time together. Now, um, do you want to go ahead and just pray for folks out there? You know, we do this from time to time. I, I just think it's... This is a really heavy one. Yeah. And I know that there's two groups of people, three groups of people out there. There's like those who know the truth and are trying. Mm-hmm. Um, those who don't know the truth and they're struggling. You know, they're, they're just out there. And there are those that know the truth and are struggling. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I just, I kind of feel like maybe you should just kind of lift them, lift everybody up with a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. We believe that the God of the universe hears us. Mm-hmm. And that he cares. I mean, that's the truth. Yes. And so, um, let's let's just, if you would, yeah, um, just just lift him up in a word of prayer. Yeah. Dear Lord, we uh, come before you today. We thank you first of all that your mercies are new every morning. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you give us of repentance. How scary it is to come before you, Lord. Our natural reaction is to want to hide the things that we've done because we have such guilt. We have such shame. And Lord, those are the tools of the devil. We know that he wants us to live in guilt. Mm. He wants us to live in shame to keep us away from you. But Lord, we know that you are simply waiting there for us to come before you. 
and to tell you all that we've done, not hold anything back and to truly repent, feel remorse for that. And Lord, there, there may very well be a consequence as a result of what we said. You've never promised us that there would not be consequences and there may very well be, and we deserve those things for what we've done. However, Lord, we know that through it all, that your grace reigns and that there is forgiveness on the other side. And Lord, you could not have demonstrated this any more clearly than offering us up your son, Jesus, as the, as the ultimate measure and ultimate proof of to the extent that you will go to offer forgiveness to us as sinful people. Lord, let us not presume upon your grace, but let us come before you daily and admit our sins to you. Search us, Lord. Show us where we need to to repent to us where we have fallen short so that your spirit can work inside of us Mm -hmm. to continue to transform us into the image of your son he is perfect and we are not we are so far from that forgive us for those times when we use the wrong standard when we look at ourselves when we look at others and we judge our lives by the lives of others lord your son is the true measuring stick And so, Lord, I pray that we would line our lives up with his and that you would reveal to us where we fall short so that we can make the corrections that we need to return to you and repent so that you can continue to lead and guide us so that we can live fulfilled and joyful lives in you. And Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, thank you for joining us today. It's been a, it's been a great discussion. I encourage you to go back and read through Psalm 38, Psalm 51, and uh, 32, right? Yes. And as, as just that kind of read through there and let God work on your heart through that, mm-hmm. uh, know that we're praying for you and we um, hope that you have a really, really great week. Like and share across all the platforms, both the video and the, the podcast platforms. And join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible.